Congregation, I love you all. Happy New Year to all of you. I think I hollered too much on New Year's Eve and lost my voice a little bit, but that's fine. I'm, I'm fine. Don't, 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 don't put masks on around me because I don't have no COVID, okay? I just, just lost my voice a bit because I was hollering and hooting too much. And uh, anyway, praise the Lord. The Lord is with us. Uh, Father, as we go to your word now, and as I share what you have spoken to me in this vision service, and as we hand out this vision board at the end of the service, and as we talk about, Lord, what you've asked us to do, and put it in, in, in ink before the people's eyes so that they can see it, that they may run with the vision, those that see it, that it's plain and simple, that they would run with it. Lord, we are running in Hebron. Hebron's already two years in, and we're in the third year now. But Father, we're running. But it's important they know what, what we're running about and what we're running for. And so that's why we have these vision services at the beginning of the year, Father, so that we can clearly and simply make the vision plain, that they may run who read it. Praise God. Open up their hearts now to receive. Lord, the worship and the, and the special music and the communion and the offering, it is all work to soften the soil of hearts so that they would be open to the incorruptible and eternal seed of the word of God. Now let their hearts receive it in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, it will be a blessing to them and it will be a blessing to me as I share it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. On New Year's, which was, of course was yesterday, I hope you all had a, a fun time and whatever you were doing. But uh, yesterday on the 1st of January, Jenny, I, I, um, I spent some time waiting on God. And I haven't even had a chance to tell my wife this because the Lord started dealing with me later in the evening. It was still yesterday, but it was in the evening. And, uh, and I, the word of the Lord came to me last night and because uh, I was just waiting on him and saying, Father, this is the first of the new year. This is the beginning of 2022. You've already said so much in 21 about this year, but is there anything you'd like to tell me? Is there any word of prophecy that you want me to share with me, whether privately or for the congregation? I just wait on you if there is. I've done that many times and there hasn't been a word. So you can't just expect, God doesn't always give you something, but this time he did. And so he started to talk to me uh, it was very loud, and it was very clear, and it was more dramatic than most words that he gives me. And so I, I recorded it, and then I transcribed it and wrote it out word for word. And so I want to read to you what he said to me last night, because he specifically said, share this with the congregation tomorrow morning as part of your vision service. And so can I read it to you? And can you open your hearts to receive it? Because God's talking about you in this. If you trust me as your pastor that I'm not a thief, a liar, and a faker, then believe me when I say, I, would, I have too much fear of God to say God spoke to me if he didn't speak to me. Are you with me? And he said these words, I told you, and I'm going to send this to you in an email this afternoon, so you'll have it in writing. I told you during the fast, he's talking about a year, over a year ago, and I'm telling you again now that there's a new grace that has come upon you to do the work of an apostle. And there is also a new grace that has come upon your congregation to be an apostolic church and to bring a supply for the apostolic vision. That, that grace is that anointing, that mantle. It came upon you, but it has also come upon your church. For the prophet said, he's quoting Randy Greer, for the prophet said it was an apostolic church. Therefore, tell your congregation that I'm going to bless them. Now, you didn't have to say that, and I'm not trying to add words so that you'll feel good. 
because I'm okay to say, tell them I'll beat them to a pulp. I mean, I could put that in there and you'd receive it. If you're in sin, you know, you better watch it. But that's not what he said. He said, tell, therefore, tell your congregation that I'm going to bless them. Tell them I'm going to prosper them. Tell them I'm going to cause things to happen for them that is supernatural. I will do it for those, now watch the condition, that will commit to running with this vision and supplying the apostolic work. Tell them that to some I'll give inventions, to some businesses, to some standalone financial blessings. I've never heard him phrase it like that before, but I guess a standalone financial blessing is something like an inheritance or something you weren't expecting that you didn't work for or earn. Tell them that to some I'll give inventions, to some businesses, to some standalone financial blessings, to some I'll touch their hearts to sell assets like lands and houses and the like, as I did in the early church in Acts chapter 4. But to all, notice he said to some, to some, to some. Then he said, but to all, I will stir them. I will stir them in their hearts like I did the children of Israel when Moses collected the offering. I showed you that on the fast and I will do it. You pour out the vision and then get out of my way and I will deal with the people. For they are, now listen to this. this is, he's never said this to me in this way before, Jenny. For they are mine, he emphasized the word mine. For they are my people. You call them your congregation and I have assigned them to you, but they are my people and they will hearken to my voice and I will come upon them and I will overshadow them and I will speak to them and they, and I will stir them and they will obey me. And this year, he's talking about 22 and the next year and the years to come in both the glory center and the international works, he's talking domestically and internationally will be the easiest thing you've ever done. It will be light and easy. It will be light and easy and full of joy and peace, saith the Lord of hosts. And he was very emphatic with the last word. He said, saith the Lord of hosts. And he was very emphatic on that last word. Meaning angels, he's giving me a clue, a hint. Angels, Lord of hosts means Lord of the armies of, of angels. Angels are, are very much a part of this whole thing. And Jenny, I feel they're more a part of it than we have in recent times talked about. And I think we need to, I've always given emphasis to angels, but we need to give even more. Because there's a, if, if you don't release those angels and do it properly and do it regularly, they are hindered in their ability to aid you. And so I, I read this word. I'm going to send it to you all today. But, but I mean, I didn't know. I had no idea what he'd say, if it was corrective, it was encouraging. I didn't know. But I was, so, I was so encouraged that he was encouraging you. Because he said, I will bless them. I'm going to do things that are supernatural. Because they have a willingness to run and fund the apostolic work. Inventions, businesses, standalone blessings. Sometimes people have things and he wants them to give it away so he can give them more. And other times you don't have it, but he'll add things to you. So he said that to me very clearly and I wanted to read that to you. I'd also like to remind you since he referenced Moses in there, I'd like to read that to you again in Exodus chapter 35 and verse 21. Exodus chapter 35 and verse 21. Now for, I won't read it for sake of time, but just for your reference, 
what I had shared last year, it started in Exodus 25, verse 2. That's when he went up the mountain. God said, go down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch their hearts. But in 20, chapter 25, he tells Moses, only those that are willing are allowed to give. I don't want money if you don't want to give it. Okay. And then in chapter 36, verse 3, he, the, people, the Bible says that the people gave every morning to such measure that he had to restrain them and ask them to stop giving. But chapter 35 is what I want to focus on in verse 21. And it says, and they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up. Yeah. You know what it said? And to all I will stir them. Yeah. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation, and for all the service, and for the holy garments. And it goes on and on. But it just, just, I'm, that's the only word. I just want to, I'm just giving you little nuggets. I want to remind you that he said in that word of prophecy that he was going to stir people. Well, this is where he, we read that in the Bible, that he stirred the people. Do you remember on the fast, he also said to me, he said, if I can deal with those stubborn, stiff-necked Israelites and stir them to such measure that they have to be restrained, can I not do more with your own congregation who love me and are willing to serve me? Now, he said to me, he's going to stir. And he's going to do, he's going to do supernatural things for us. So that, we can, so that we can not just fund, it's not just about the money. Money is a big part of it, but that we can run with the vision and serve the vision and volunteer for the yes, vision. Yes. And there's a lot more that's not just about money. We need your time and your energy as well. But God emphasized here, this is not me. I didn't bring this emphasis. He brought the emphasis, I'm going to bless them. He's bringing finances into it. So don't accuse me because he's the one that authored that word. And he said, I'm going to bless them. I'm going to do supernatural things for them. I'm going to give them different things because they fund the apostolic work. Praise God. So there's a stirring that's coming. I want you to be aware of that. Amen. I want you to look at Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. Let's just look at a few scriptures together and then we'll look at the screen for something else. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. The word power in the Hebrew language means to be tough and hardy like a lizard. And it actually, the Hebrew picture is that of a chameleon that adapts and changes color. What is he saying here? My anointing will come on you to be able to adapt to every situation that you face when it comes to being blessed and making money. In other words, it's not that what he's saying, Jenny, is he's not limited just by people's education. Not that you shouldn't get education, but let's say you don't have enough education. His anointing can cause you to adapt to a situation that he wants to bless you in, whether you have every duck lined up in a row or not. He gives you power to be adaptable and to get wealth. Why? I want you to see God's motive. I'm giving you this power to make you wealthy. Why? Not just to hoard but so that I can establish my covenant. He's all, God is always looking at two sides of the same coin. He wants you to be blessed and he wants the gospel to get out. He wants you to be blessed. He wants the gospel to get out. Now where the prosperity teaching got into a ditch and before Dad Hagen went home, he called a meeting of all the big name prosperity preachers. And I know a number of them that were in that meeting and they've given me the private bootleg recording of that meeting and I have it and I've listened to it very carefully because some of them were withstanding Dad Hagen in the meeting and that was just before he died. And he called that meeting with big name prosperity preachers because he saw Dad Hagen as the, as the foremost prophet of our times. 
saw that it was getting into the ditch. And what it was is they were only focusing on one side of the coin that God wants you blessed. And what happens is then a hoarding mentality comes and a greedy mentality. And then it's only a hop, skip and a jump before you're becoming money minded and covetous. Where now everything is about money and everything is about what you wear and everything is about the car you drive. And God does not have a problem with people being blessed. If you look at Abraham, he was greatly blessed. But you've got to balance the prosperity message with the other side of the same coin, which is I give you power to get wealth that you may establish my covenant. If your heart motive is to help the gospel, God will make you a multimillionaire. He'll, whatever is full supply for you, whether that's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, tens of millions, everybody's got a different measure. But he will make sure you're taken care of, not just to hoard, but to fund. And in the process, all your little Mickey Mouse needs and desires are taken care of. He wants us blessed, but we've got to balance it with the establishing the covenant. What does that mean? Reverend Joe, it means that God wants the gospel to get out. How does the gospel get out? Through ministers, primarily through the local church. Of course, there's ministers that are, that are traveling ministers that are getting the gospel out. But God is looking for local churches to say, get the gospel out. I want to bless the congregation so that the ministry can get the, not so we can have gold doorknobs. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. But so that we can get into these places, Jenny. Oh, my brothers and sisters, you don't know what's coming because I'm not permitted to share some things with you, but I've seen some things. I'm telling you there's stuff coming that you don't know and it is glorious. If I could, maybe the Lord will release me sometime this year to tell you more because if I can just paint a picture for you about what's, what it looks like and what's coming, I think you'd, you'd just, you'd get on board so much more. But there's certain things that can't be said because if people can't handle it, they'll speak against it. And God doesn't want words being spoken against the vision. But I'm trying to show you that God is saying, I'm going to bless you because of this vision. And there's an anointing on your congregation. So let me put it this way, Jennifer, all these years prior to the mantle coming, there wasn't a grace on me or on the people to give more money. Because, well, we need just the pastor's deal. And the pastor in the local church needed X. But now with that apostolic deal, It's not just the local church. Now it's global. So it needs X plus Y. So therefore, if more is needed to fund the work, there has to be a greater anointing that comes on me and the people to fund the work. How can we fund it under a pastoral only anointing if we're called to be apostolic? God wouldn't be giving us the equipment to do it. What he's trying to say to me is I'm giving you a divine equipment. Tell the people if they would be willing to sow. And they'll be blessed in the process themselves. I'm going to do supernatural things for them. Amen. Are you listening to me? Because he gives you power to get wealth. What, for what reason? So that we can run with the vision or so that we can establish the covenant. And he said he's going to stir hearts. <laughs> I believe he's stirring some of them even today, Jennifer. Praise God. I'll quote it, but I won't read it for sake of time. Mark, actually, I'm going to read it because we've got lots of time. Mark chapter 10 and verse, I'm so used to nine o'clock. Mark chapter 10 and verse 29. Mark chapter 10 and verse 29. And Jesus answered and said, verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren, sisters and mothers, children and lands with persecutions. 
Notice it says persecutions. And in the world to come, eternal life. I don't know who, and don't, unless God tells you, don't be threatened by it. But he said to me, in order for you to, to, you to do what I've called you to do in the long range with the building, the new building and all this stuff, he said, you're going to need more than tithes and offerings, regular tithes and offerings. And he said, I'm going to come upon people like I did in Acts 4. And I'm going to wake that person up. And they may fight me for a while, but I'll just keep talking to them until they yield. Because some people have stuff that we don't even know they have. Because they're quiet about it. I'm telling you, God's going to do it. Because in the New Testament, what God did is he touched hearts. That's how Ananias and Sapphira got in trouble. Because they lied about it. But they were, he touched hearts. And people would sell things that, that God told them to sell. Not because the preacher told them, but God told them. They would bring the money and it would fund the gospel. And that's going to happen. He told me, he said, you, you wait and see. I'm going to talk to people. They're going to sell certain things. He said, others, they don't have anything to sell, but I'm going to give them ideas. I'm going to give them businesses, inventions, and others, standalone blessings. But I'll do supernatural miracles if they're willing to run with the vision. And I know you are. Praise God. Can you turn last verse to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9? 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I want you to read this with me and I want you to really see God's heart. Let's look at verse 7. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity. That means not under pressure. For God loves a cheerful giver. Now look at verse 10. Now he that ministers seed to the sower. Both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown. What is this saying? I'm going to read it from a couple other scriptures so that you can, you can see it a little bit more clearly. It says here, for God in the New Living, <clears throat> for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a, a great harvest of generosity in you. Notice he said he'll increase your resources. Why? So you can sow. Let me read that to you from uh, the Passion Translation. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it so that you have a harvest of your generosity. What this is really saying in the Greek language, Jenny, is God is saying, if you want to sow and you don't have seed to sow, ask me. Now, when the Lord took me to this scripture, Taylor, recently, he said, son, this takes all the pressure off you. And this takes all the pressure off the people. If you just read them, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 and 9, 10, it takes all the pressure off everybody. Because you're not telling them what to sow. Now, sometimes we, we divide up the amounts that we need equally amongst all the families to give you a concept of what the goal is. But there's some people that can do far exceeding that, and there's some people that can't even do half that because everybody has a different grace and a different measure on their life. But the point is, did you notice it didn't say, as the pastor purposes in his heart, so you give. Did you notice that? It said, as a man purposes in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly. I wish I didn't have to. Remember, God said in Exodus 25, unless they're willing, I don't want their money. And did you notice, not grudgingly or of necessity. What does that mean? Pressure. 
Well, if you don't give, we're not going to be able to do it. Well, if you don't give, we're not going to be able to do it. That's called pressure. God says, I don't want you to give grudgingly, and I don't want you to give under pressure, and I don't want anybody deciding what you're going to give but you. But now, take that and factor it through the, the, the leading of the Spirit. So what we're really saying is this, the Holy Ghost shows people. Yes. Not the pastor, Nigel. The pastor might cast a vision, but the Holy Spirit shows you what is your part in that vision. Right. Then you purpose to do what the Spirit said. Amen. It doesn't matter what the pastor says is the general amount or if we divide it up, this is what everybody, don't worry about that. What matters is you know the vision, but now let the Holy Ghost show you your part in that vision. Amen. And then purpose to do that Amen. with cheerfulness. Amen. And then, are you listening? Yeah. But Lord, you've touched my heart to do this and I purpose I'm going to do it. But you know what? I don't have the money. Well, verse 10 is your answer. Father, I need you to give me seed. Now, God may say, go work another job, or he may sell that, or he may say, do this or do that. But at the end of the day, he will give you the seed. He will. All you have to do is release your faith and say, Father, I thank you for the seed. Because I'm going to sow it into your work anyway. So I need you, that prophecy on January 1st, I lay hold of it. And I thank you. You said that you're going to do supernatural things for me. That you're going to bless me because I want to fund the apostolic work. So Lord, speak to me what my part is. I purpose in my heart to obey you and now give me seed if I don't have it. Are you listening to me? Just saying that takes all the pressure off me because I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not pressuring anybody. I'm not twisting anybody's arm. It takes the pressure off you. When we talk about vision, rejoice. Enjoy it because we're not after your money. We're after your participation, which includes money, but money is only one small part. It, your prayer, your calling, yeah. your believing, yeah. your serving yeah. is all just as important as the money. Yeah. So as we look at the screens now, we did a little vision board for you that Miss Reverend Sandra Delzeal is just the vision board master. Yeah. She really helped us and, and organized this. But as you see this vision, don't let it scare you. Don't let it go like, oh, how are we going to do all of that? Because I'm aware how impossible it is. I don't need you reminding me. But what we are going to do is what we just sang. We're going to believe. Taylor, every person in this church, I declare it, is going to look at the vision and they're going to go home and they're going to say, Father, what's my part? And God's going to say, this is your part based on your measure. It'll be a stretch, but it's based on your measure. It won't break you. It might stretch the elastic, but it won't snap the elastic. And then I say, Lord, I purpose, I'm going to do it. Now, if I don't have it, give me seed. You've got to give me the seed or I can't do it. And then that's when he leads you. Sell this, do this, use this invention, do this business, be at this place at this time. And all of a sudden the seed comes. Then every individual person does their part. But that's the money side. But there's something more, I don't want to say more important, but it is more important than money. And that's your mouth. Because when you see the vision... You can only do so much financially, but I need your faith and your words as much as I need your money, maybe more than I need your money. I need you to look at that and say, Father, I now call for that. I call for that to come to pass. This is part of the vision of the church you've planted me in, and it's going to come to pass. Now, Lord, I release my faith. I see the vision before me every time I open that fridge. Or maybe it's on the the, the wall in your bedroom. I don't know where you're going to put it, but I want you to put this vision board up. 
And when you see it, it will remind you and say, Father, yes, I'll do my part financially. Yes, I'll do my part in the ministry of helps. But Lord, it's more than that. I'm going to bring my faith to this. And as I see these categories, I'm going to start calling for these categories. And in Jesus' name, it will come to pass. Hallelujah. So would you, would you put up that first screen? We've got us in the middle, not because we're the most important, but because we're the pastors and we're, we bear the shoulder of responsibility of this. And it's not just me, it's my wife and my children. And so I want you to see them. I want you to see their faces. We got our vision statement there, nice and easy to remember, ministering the revelation of the word in the power of the spirit. And I want you to pray for our family because uh, it's not that we're that important from one perspective because God can replace us and use somebody else. But in terms of the office and the effort that we've done over 13 years, we, we have an important role to play. And the devil would try to disrupt that role as much as he can with children, with marriage, with sickness, with lots of different things. So pray that our family unit remains strong, okay? I'm going to put Bermuda shorts, but we figured we'd get dressed up and take a picture so that you thought we were all professional. (laughs) Next screen is uh, we have this thing called flag. Now expand that up for me. We have eight sections. This is one of them. Flag represents field works located around the globe. Keep going. This is our promise of life churches that are being raised up and planted around the world. I told you this was an apostolic work. I know it's impossible, but just we'll believe for it. Go to the next screen. I want you to see the Canada side of things. We have Pastor Happy and Guggen right here at our church Sunday afternoons with the South Asian Church. We have a new announcement to make. They're not here. They're watching. But God spoke to me 10 days ago and said, I've called Gary Spring to pastor the church. And it was a bit of a shock to me. So I kind of texted him, started to text him, and he sent me a, after I heard it from God, he didn't try to influence me. He sent me a prophecy, an audio prophecy from 30 years ago, 1991, with Dr. Coulter, who I served under and studied under. And in that prophecy, Dr. Coulter says, Gary Spring, come here. And he starts to prophesy for about five minutes about his fivefold office, about that he was called to pastor a church. He even said how large the church would be. He said, he said it's not going to happen right now, but it's going to happen. He told him a whole bunch of details. He's never shared that, not one word, not one word in 30 years. Because God said in that prophecy, don't try to make it happen and don't tell people about it. And he waited all this time for God to speak to me. Now listen to me, on the day that God spoke to me, he sent me that prophecy. And so we knew we were planning a church, but I didn't know who the pastor was really going to be. And now I know for 100%, it's Gary and Kathy Spring. And they've already relocated. They're watching from Minden today. So Promise of Life, Halliburton, we might, I don't know, we might call it a little different. It might be, you know, Promise of Life, Halliburton Highlands. I don't know, we'll we'll get the exact name. But for lack of a, a better name right now, it's Promise of Life, Halliburton. And that will be planted Praise God, this year, probably in the first quarter of this year. And then we have Promessa de Vida. That's Portuguese for promise of life. And that's Reverend Sandy Soares. And we're praying out the plan, whether it's to start in, 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 in Portugal slash Spain or whether it's to start in the GTA and then move there. But we're praying out because it's a Portuguese emphasis. 
And so I'm putting this under Canada because I believe it's going to start in the GTA first. And then, of course, Inverness. Pastor Dan and Hannah are moving in June when their beautiful little second baby comes. And they're going to be relocating to Cape Breton Island and pastoring that church. And we're doing that church launch in June. Praise God. So that's exciting. 2022 is a lot of starts. And then, of course, the field ministries, uh, Promise of Life, First Nations. I already know God showed me who the son and the daughter is. They're not from our church. They're not from our province. They're not from our denomination. They're from another denomination, and they live outside of Ontario. But they've been working in the northern uh, First Nations lands for years and has have had a tremendous amount of success up there. It takes a special person to live among First Nations people because of the witchcraft, the darkness, the, the depression, the suicide, the alcoholism, the drug addiction. I mean, it is, it is a very, I've been up there. It's a very hard place to l- visit, let alone live. Now this couple, God already told me they're supposed to work with you, but because they were so hurt by the previous denomination and wounded, and there's havoc in their lives with some of their children and different things, they're not quite picking up that they're supposed to go up north under our, under our leadership. So we're praying for them. I won't tell you any more details than that, but just pray. Remember, this is a prayer slash vision board. When you see that little, the little Indian feathers there on the promise of life, you know, First Nations, pray, Father, bring the son and the daughter. Let them hear it. If they won't, bring somebody else because I know that we have to go. We have to go to the First Nations. We have to serve the first people that were on this soil. God already showed me it's very important to his plan. And there's going to be a revival amongst them. And you know, our government is, is just, you know, they're just, everything is First Nations, First Nations, you know, because of all the stuff that happened last year. We are at a prime moment. Yes. You help the First Nations, the government will help you. Amen. And I'm, that's not why we're doing it. I'm just saying we might as well capitalize on all their guilt. Just capitalize on the guilt. Because they got a lot of guilt about the First Nations. And we are the only ones that got an answer for them. All the psychology stuff that doesn't really help them. We've got an answer for those people. So this is our Canadian. Now, of course, we're believing for partners, any amount, whether one time or monthly. But we're just, God said, believe me, for a thousand partners, mostly from the general public. We put it on the radio. Of course, the Promise of Life people want to help. We'd love that too. But any amount, but we're saying $15 a month. And none of that money goes toward our general budget. None of that money goes toward me, our staff. None of it goes toward me traveling. 100% goes toward these works. Because when they get to the Philippines, they're going to have to buy chairs. When Dan gets there, he's going to have to buy a sound system. When Pastor Matthew gets to Africa, he's going to have to buy lighting. There's a lot of money that goes into planting churches. And the flag partnership is funding those works. Not funding me, funding those works. So when you see flag, would you believe with us? The next screen shows our abroad five things, which is the Philippines, the Henrys, the Popes. And then, of course, uh, the, the Wowas in Liberia, the Allens in Dominica. And then, of course, Pastor Mammy is, is still in training, but she's doing a wonderful job. The church just loves her. She preaches three weeks every month. Pastor Matthew preaches one week every month. And the church is just flourishing under Pastor Mammy. And so down in Delaware, in Wilmington, Delaware. So these are our five abroad works. So we have five kind of, you know, technically Canada and five that we're starting internationally. One work would have been more than what I could handle. <laughs> and, and God gives me 10 because he's got a big sense of humor. He's laughing. He's saying, Jesus, look at Craig. He thinks he can do it. He can't do nothing. And now he knows he can't do nothing. See, he's crying. He's depressed. No, no. Just go and tell him to believe me. 
Just go and go and touch the congregation's heart, Holy Spirit, because it's all going to come to pass. Amen. So that's one of eight areas. Go to the next one, which is our FMI. Go to the next one, which is our FMI Go. This represents Field Ministries International Global Outreach. Now, we've just opened, and we're waiting for government approval, which should come in the first quarter of this year. We've just opened a brand new charity. So we have Promise of Life Church, which is basically going to be everything domestic. But because we're doing so much abroad now, money is going to different parts of the world. The government doesn't like that. The government likes everything clean. If you're doing a church in Toronto, the money should be spent for the church in Toronto. But now we're doing African, Philippines, and all. So the government told us, open a new charity that is just for your evangelistic international outreaches so that the money that comes into that charity, all of it goes out. And it's cleaner that way. So we've already applied. We've been about six months waiting. It takes about nine months to get government approval. So we're opening a new charity called FMI Go. Expand that out for me so you can see. <clears throat> and basically, as flag deals with the ministers going under me and only those ministers, FMI Go deals with me and only me. So when you give to the flag or if you become a flag partner, you're sending my sons. But if you become an FMI Go partner, you're funding me. Because FMI Go only, it doesn't help flag at all. It only takes care of my travel budget. And believe me, I said in the first service, and people looked at me strange, we've never once in 13 years ever taken an offering for travel. Not one time. And I go all over the world. How? Because it's in our weekly tithes and offerings budget. But when the plane came, even this little Cessna, the Lord said to me, the expenses are going to exceed your budget. You need partners. Because as a traveling minister, like Brother Copeland has partners, I'm a pastor, but I'm also a traveling minister now. So I need partners. And so basically the partnership with FMI Go helps me go. And it basically helps with not just the, the, the tickets internationally and the, and the costs internationally, but it also helps with the pilot course and all the expenses of the plane. And so you see the hangar there that we're believing God to pay off, the little Cessna, which we paid cash. <clears throat> and then in a few years, we're believing for a brand new Diamond DA-62, which is going to be a much safer and faster aircraft than the little Cessna we have. But all of this international preaching, aviation, everything that I do outside Toronto, if I leave Toronto, it's FMI Go. I'm going to Pass Nancy's this week. Guess who pays for that? FMI Go. Everything outside of the GTA for me is FMI Go. So we're believing God. And I, I'm not pressuring you. Remember, I told you I'm not putting any pressure. You just purpose what you want to do. God will stir your heart. But God told me, he said, you need $40,000. That shouldn't say 40000 a week. That should say 40000 a year. Not 40000 a week. We need $40,000 a year to come in as, flat, as FMI Go partners to supplement what's already in our budget so that I can do the plane and I can go. We need 111 partners at $30 a month. Now, if somebody wanted to give 100, then we'd need less than 111. If somebody wanted to give five, then we'd need more than 111. But basing it on an average of $30 a month, and that's not hard fixed rule. You could do whatever you want if God touches your heart. But if, if that's on your heart, when you say I'm, an, I'm a go partner, what you're doing is you're saying I'm sending Pastor Craig to preach outside of Toronto. And that's what it's about. And we have 57 partners right now. And we need about 56 or 55, whatever it is, more. And we really need them in January. And so the staff were telling me in November and in December, 
talk, pastor, you need to talk about the FMI goal because you need those partners by January and you're not talking about it. And I'd get up and I'd be about to say something and I'd fear the Holy Ghost say, don't say anything. And, I'd, and then I'd get up and I'd try and then he'd say, don't say anything. And so I wouldn't. And I'd say, but Lord, why are you restraining me? Because I need to talk about this. <clears throat> and then during Christmas, he spoke to me and he said, because the season was not come. He said, FMI Go is reserved for 2022. I don't even want you talking about it until 2022 dawns. Now we have, and that God's okay with the past, but it's for this year. It's for the years going forward. So when you look at your vision board and you see FMI Go, remember it's everything to get me out there to preach and everything with the plane. And you say, Pastor, why the heck do you have a plane? You don't need a plane. You're not Kenneth Copeland. You're, you're not a big wig and a big shot. Believe me, I know. And I don't want a plane. And I never wanted a plane. But in 2019, God spoke to me. And that's before I even knew about the Philippines. And he said, you're going to need an aircraft. I'm not talking about a big jet. Maybe one day, if the ministries, if God speaks. Those jets cost a lot more than an airline to cross the ocean. And I'm not looking for that. I'm still flying Air Canada to the Philippines. But he said, you're going to need a small aircraft when you're on the mission field to get in and out quickly into remote areas that you cannot drive. And I've been doing some research, Lorna, on the Philippines. There's 7,000 islands. And there is government warnings on a lot of different parts of the Philippines because of terrorism, kidnap and ransom. The kidnappings are going through the roof because they know they see you, they kidnap you, somebody will pay you or they cut your head off. And so I didn't know any of that before. Not every part of the Philippines, but in some parts. And yet God, I won't get into it today, but God's been talking to me about going into some of the rural areas to preach the gospel where they, some parts of the Philippines, they've never even heard the gospel. And the Lord said, you're going to go to the cities, but you're also going to go to the rural areas where I'm telling you, that is a whole nother world. And some of those places are very dangerous. You can't just get on a a pickup truck and drive because they'll kill you. So I now see more what God meant in 19, although I didn't understand it then. He said, you're going to need a small aircraft to get in and out quickly and safely to the places I've asked you to go. So when I'm talking about a plane, I'm not just talking because I want to be highfalutin. Do you understand? I'm not trying to imitate Brother Copeland. If if I was, I'd be trying to get a $60 million, you know, Citation 10. I'm talking about a small aircraft that can get us 100% for ministry purposes. It's not for fun. It's not for for me to pop down to Barbados anytime I want. It's not because I don't like standing in lines. I don't mind standing in lines. It's because there are certain parts of the world you can't minister if you don't have a small bush plane. And this plane, particularly the Diamond 62, it's got, which I didn't know, God knew because he said, that's your plane. I didn't even know anything about the plane. But as I researched, I learned some wonderful things, Nigel. And that, that plane has reinforced landing gear, which most planes don't have. You can land in dirt. You can land on rocks. You can land on sand. You can land on the beach in that thing. You can land on any ground with that plane. So it's perfect for small rural areas where you have to get in and get up. God knew all of that stuff when he said, that's your plane. So I want you to, when you look at it, whether you become a partner or not, I want you to call. Say, Father, all those 111 partners, they'll come. 
If you want me to be one, Lord, speak to me. But other than that, I'm just calling for them to come because pastor is going to, he's not just called to be in the GTA as a pastor. You've called him to go into all the world as an apostle. I can do my part in helping him go. And if you don't feel to be a partner, don't. I don't want it unless you want to be one. But call, believe with me, Amen. and it will surely come to pass. Okay, go to the next one. Those took a long time. These ones won't take that long. Of course, part of our vision, open it up for me, is the, our beautiful Oasis property. It's our lakefront resort on the Halliburton Highlands, a pavilion of prayer, peace, and play. You've, most of you have been up there. If you haven't, make some time in the summer. You will love it. It's very peaceful. And it's beautiful. And of course, this year, we're going to pay off the rest of that mortgage, plus some other things as well. So we're not just believing for the 209. We're believing for more this year, but I'll talk to you about that on the next service. But what do we need? We need to still renovate. When you're calling for this and praying for this, we need to renovate the cabins. But how do you think we're paying for that? We have to have people rent the cabins so that we can take their money and renovate the cabins. We're not putting that money in the church. We don't benefit from that money. That money goes right back in the property. And Promise of Life did pretty good last year, even though it was our first year with COVID. But the Lord said to me this year, are you listening? He said, don't pressure the people about Oasis Rentals. Because I like, you better rent it. He said, don't do that. So I'm not pressuring you at all. If you don't want to come, don't come. But he did say, open it up to churches all over the GTA. So in March, we're taking 50 packets and we're going to 50 pastors in the GTA. And we're going to tell them about our, our property and offer them to bring their, not for sinners, for born-again believers only, not for drinking and smoking and drugs and alcohol and all that nonsense, for believers only. But we're going to offer to pastors that I have some kind of knowledge or relationship with and say, if you'd like to come, bring your church, enjoy the property, enjoy the lake, enjoy the boat, enjoy God's scenery, and just come and just relax. It's a place to pray, a place to have fun, and a place to have peace. So we're going to open it up to a whole bunch of churches this year. And I'm warning you, there's a lot of people that paid four times per room what we charge. So if you want to go, you better talk to Lorraine because once in March we open that up, it's going to get booked up quickly. I know it will. So, but, but just call, call for the cabins to be rented and call for the renovations to happen and for that money to be paid off. <clears throat> Oasis is part of our vision. Praise God. Go to the next one for me. And this is prayer. He said to me, open it up, please. He said, there's a season, a strong emphasis of prayer in 2022. And so I want to put this on the vision board so you can see it and you can remember it and you can be cognizant that when we're praying, we're praying for the vision. All of these eight things are the vision. But what else did he say? He said, put an emphasis on praying for miracles, signs, and wonders. So let's pray for that. Remember, he also said, pray for the Pauline prayers. <clears throat> Somebody came up <clears throat> two weeks ago and said to Lorraine, who's Pauline? Is she in the church? So I think we need to change it to Paul's prayers because Pauline sounds a bit feminine, although theologians call it the Pauline prayers. But anyway, remember he said an emphasis, pray those prayers over the people. Pray those prayers over yourself. Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, Philippians 1, Colossians 1. So I want to encourage you to pray. This is part of our vision is to pray. Pray the vision, signs and wonders, the Pauline prayers, and agape. We need to continue to pray that people get the revelation of attending, right? Of giving, of assisting in ministry of helps, of prayer in general, and of evangelism. I'm putting this on the vision board so you can see 
not just are you to pray in general, but pray specifically for the congregation to get the agape points. Amen? <clears throat> Go to the next one. And that is our glory center. Now, this is not technically for 22. And I wasn't going to put it on the 22 vision board, but the Lord said, it's coming. And I want people to start praying it out. Well, I'm not even raising money for it this year. If you want to give, you can, but we're not even raising money. I'm just telling you, what is the glory center? When you hear me say TGC, I'm talking about the glory center. Because the prophet Randy Greer said, and it will be known as the glory center. For the glory of God will come into your midst. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. As sure as my name is Craig Field, it's going to happen. So the glory center is the name of the new church building that we are believing to own at the latest by 2027, ideally earlier than that, in the season of Hebron. We need $5 million just to put it down. And if we don't raise to 50000 a week in tithes and offerings, we won't be able to cover the mortgage anyway. So as you can see, there is a lot of, we need time to grow as a church in our faith and in our giving. We need time to come up with that money. And it's going to be at least a 50,000 square foot building. This building is 10,000. So it's going to be about five times the size of this building. And it's going to seat about 4,000 people. And Randy already stood in the building. I know this is, people don't believe this stuff, Jenny, but this is real. God knows the future. God took him in a time machine and it wasn't a DeLorean. He was standing right here. He was here and whenever that was, 2020, I think it was. He was standing here in, in, in present tense. He took a step and he stepped into another realm. He stepped into the spiritual realm and God showed him the future. And he was in the building and he described it to me. He said it looked about 4,000 seats. He said it was quite large. He said the stage was much taller than this one and very long. And he said it was filled with people. And he said you and Jenny were sitting right there. He, he told me the whole thing. And then when he saw it, he stepped back and he stepped back into this realm, back into this building at 140 Capitol Court. That building will come. But I need you to call for it. Go to the next one, please, if you would be so kind. And this is our general financial budget. Our God funds the vision by our weekly tithes and offerings, which comprises our general operating budget. And we've been calling for 35000 a week, right? This covers everything. This covers all my travel. Well, not the, we need the Go partners now to help with the plane. But other than that, in the history, the past has covered all the travel, radio, outreach, staff, the rat guy. You know, we pay a rat guy. I even call him the rat guy. Hi, Mr. Rat Guy. The rat guy comes in and he sprays to make sure there's no rats. We play a snowplow guy. We have to pay for the water that you use. We have to pay for electricity and for the lawn and for the this and for the roof and for the air conditioning units. You have no idea how much money it takes to run a church with 10 staff members, 12 staff members right now. That weekly budget when you give funds everything. So when you miss or when you decide, I don't feel like giving this time. It, it, it hurts our ability to operate. I'm not pressuring you. I'm casting the vision. So you don't have to purpose in your heart what you give in the tithe. God already told you what to give, 10%. But you purpose in your heart what to give in the offering because he doesn't list how much you should give. It's according to what you want to give. But this 40000 Jennifer, we believe for 35000 last year, right? That was our budget. And... Up until two weeks ago, we were not at it, but somebody tithed on their home on the last week of the year. 
and that one tithe on the sale of their house pulled us out of the ditch. And I am happy to announce to you that we met 35,000 a week, every week on average, once you, once you average it out. 2021, just like we've been saying, we met the 35,000 a week. Hallelujah. Why? Because there's a supply in this building for it. Now, if that person had chosen not to do that, then God would have had to, we wouldn't have met it, and God would have had to bring other people. And that would have caused delay. And possibly debt. But thank God when people obey. So we are bringing on a brand new staff member. Would you stand up? The beautiful and illustrious (laughs) Miss Andrea Elcock. And, And... About two months ago, three months ago, I was, I know you're embarrassed. I'll let you sit. I was walking out. I had all my stuff in my hands. I was one of the last ones in the building at like 2 p.m. on a Sunday. I had everything. I was pushing the green room door open and I heard a voice. I'm telling you, it sounded like an audible voice. I heard him say, don't go outside. And I thought, why? Am I going to get killed? What's going on? And I heard him say, go to the cafe. I want you to talk to somebody. I said, Lord, I'm busy. I'll do it Wednesday night. He said, go now. So I started putting some stuff down and then I picked some stuff back up. And I said, Lord, if I hold this heavy thing, you'll be feel sad for me. And then you'll let me leave early. So I walked in there and there was three people there and I looked and there was no unction to talk to any of them. And then I see in the corner and there's Andrea hiding. She wasn't hiding. She was working in the corner of the bookstore. And I heard the Holy Ghost say her. And her mother was there. I actually started talking to her mother first. And as I started talking to Andrea, the word of the Lord came to me. I think he wanted to talk to me more than he wanted to talk to her. But I needed to be, I needed to be in her presence. And the word of the Lord came to me and he said to me, she is your next staff member hire her in 2022. So I didn't say anything to her and I got back in the room. I said, Lord, can we afford that? I mean, are, are, you, sure? are you sure? Like, should we do a board meeting first? God don't care about none of that stuff. And he said, call her on the way home. I called her from the pickup truck. And I said, Andrea, God, God's dealt with me. And she had a great job working for the city, got her foot in the door, could have a wonderful career. So it was a sacrifice for her. But the Lord spoke to her and the Lord spoke to me and she has now left that job and tomorrow is her first day. Or no, tomorrow's a holiday. So Tuesday is her first day. But with this addition, plus some other expenses that have come with our general operating budget, things do go up sometimes in the year. So with all of that, now we need 37 So I'm not telling you because I'm pressuring you. I'm asking for your faith. We needed 35. Now we need 37 a week for us to be able to maintain all of the vision, everything that's happening. Praise God. And it will all come to pass, Taylor. Just like God did it last year, he'll do it again this year. But I'm putting 40 on the list there because without 40, there's two other staff in addition to Andrea that God told me to hire. And he said, once you hit 12, I don't know why, because there's nothing special about, I mean, there is something special about the number 12, but I wasn't saying, give me 12 disciples, Lord. That's not, I mean, I don't, I don't even think, I don't even think that way. But he said, when you hit the 12 mark, not including your wife and you, your staff will be at the perfect level for what I've called you to do in Hebron. Now, he didn't say Jerusalem, he said Hebron. So until 2027, we need two more staff members to accomplish what, and one of them is a new pastor. The Lord told me, he said, with you traveling, you need to bring a pastor on to help you with counseling and to help you with different things that are pastoral related, not administration related. So one of them, I'm hiring a new pastor to help me. And the other will be an administrative position. But we can't hire those people 
and also do the new plane because this includes the new plane. We have to add money because of the new plane until we hit 40. So we're believing for 37 this year. But then we need to believe a little bit more because within this season of Hebron, we're supposed to hire two new people and have extra money for that aviation department. And so thank God we met the 35. And we will meet the 37. But I am putting 40 because when you call for it. Do you understand what I'm asking? I'm not necessarily asking you to give more money unless God tells you to give more money. I'm asking for your words. I'm asking for your faith in your heart. When you look at this vision board, it looks like this. It's very pretty. You're going to have one, put it on your fridge. And you're going to look at this and you're going to say, ah, yes, the finances. Lord, I remember now, I call for that 40. It will, it will come to pass. And if God says give, give. And if he doesn't say give, just call. It will surely come to pass. We're almost done. Go to the next one. And that is our spiritual covering. Open that up, please. And it says, every minister needs a spiritual covering for accountability, protection, and encouragement. And I need one just like you. I am yours, but I need one. You know Pastor Nancy is our primary. And then Reverend Greer and Dr. Savell. When you see their faces, I want you to pray for them. Because they're a very important part to our future success. And, and I love them like parents in the Lord. I really do. And, and, they're, and, they're, and that's just the ones, you know, when doctor died, I was at the, you know, Pastor Happy Caldwell came for the funeral. He did part of the funeral. And then we went to Pastor Nancy's house, just a small group of ministers and Pastor Happy. And as I was standing there in her kind of, she is like a veranda kind of thing. I was standing outside in the veranda and, I, and the word of the Lord came to me, you know, because it was a hard thing for me. I love doctor very much. And the word of the Lord came to me and he said, I will replace Dr. Dufresne in your life. But he said, there's no one single man that can replace who he is. He said, so I'm going to give you two men. And each man will bring a different emphasis. And together they will equal what Dr. Dufresne had for you. And so I didn't know who it was. I thought it was Happy Caldwell. Because he was sitting about that far from me when God spoke to me. And he took a real liking to me. And he talked to me for a long time that day and really encouraged me. So I thought it was him. And then later God said, it's not Happy Caldwell. And over time, he revealed to us that it's Randy Greer and it's Jerry Savell. And they have a very important supply for me, privately, ministerially, as well as this church. And of course, who we call mom affectionately, uh, Pastor Nancy, is, is I, I have no words. I have no words for how, how much we need her and how much she, we love her and how critical she is to our future. So when you look at their faces, don't just look at them and go, oh, that's nice. Pray for them. And the last area is our staff. And I've put in here, which is very true, without a strong and faithful staff, Promise of Life could not operate and flourish. That's right. And so we have now 10 staff members, plus Jenny and I, in order from left to right, Reverend Taylor, Mr. Ed, Peter, Errol, and Sue. And then, of course, left to right, Reverend Jessica, Corinne, Lorraine, Rosita, and brand new Miss Andrea. And, uh, and 10 wonderful, hardworking, peace-loving when you come in here, you don't, at least I don't, I trust when you come in here, they're not pulling each other's hair, <laughs> cussing each other out. There, there's a peace in this building. There's joy in this building. They love each other. You know, people are people. People can know each other, sure. right? And so there's always natural things that we have to overcome. Uh, don't nod your head so much, uh, Jessica. Uh, but but there, there's always natural things that we have to overcome. Personality differences. Of course, everybody wants to be me. But, but not, you know, because my personality is, is perfect. Right, Taylor? Yes, I didn't get an amen on that one. 
we all can bug each other and we all have issues and, and personality variations. But the point is, every one of these 10 people know that they're called here. Uh, they don't give me problems. They bring their faith. They bring unity. When I'm feeling discouraged, almost every time, one of, one of the 10 of them will call me by the Spirit or speak to me by the Spirit and say, Pastor, don't, don't you forget, everything's going to come to pass. And that means more to me than anything. And they're praying and they pray for you. They have all of your names and they go down a list regularly and they pray for you by name. This staff does more than push paper. They are spiritual people that stand on a wall and they watch. So I need you to pray for them because without their supply, this ministry would utterly fail. I'm telling you, it would. So would you put the next one up in terms of the general, there's a little calendar at the bottom for your convenience. Our family, next one. We like moving things around. And then we've got all eight works there, all eight categories, I should say. Flag, FMI Go, Oasis, Prayer, Glory Center, Finances, Spiritual Covering, and Staff. With pictures and with little blurbs and with information. And I want you to take this home. It's at the info center when you leave. Please go and get a copy. And would you please put it on your, on your door or on your fridge or on your wall or somewhere where you can see it. And when your eyes fall upon these different things, just start calling. Amen? Amen. Amen. Are you all listening to me? I'm not asking for your money if you don't want to give it. But if God tells you and you want to give it, I'll take it. But I'm not asking for your money. It's not about money. It's about the plan of God. And I need your faith and your words as well as I need your physical energy, your giftings, your finances, your prayer. I need your words. So when I look at this, because it's on my fridge, I say, yeah, all those flag partners and all those works will come to pass. It's going to be a great blessing. We're going to get people saved all over the world. Yes, FMI Go will come to pass. The plane will come. I will go. The right doors will open and all the money will be there and I'll be safe as I do it and not die because I'm kidnapped because I know none of you will pay a ransom. I say, Oasis will surely come to pass. And all the cabins will be beautiful and it will be fully booked and people will go up there to rest and enjoy God's presence. And I say, prayer, the revelation of prayer is dropping in every person's heart. And miracle signs and wonders are coming and revelation from the Pauline prayers is coming. Praise God. And the agape revelation is coming and I just list it. Then I say, Lord, that glory center looks impossible. But Randy stood in it. So it's obviously real. And you're going to stir the hearts. So go ahead, stir them, Jesus. Stir them like a soup. Just stir them, stir them, stir them. It'll surely come to pass. That's what I say. I don't understand how it's going to happen, Nigel, but it's going to come to pass. And then the finances, that 40,000 comes. And then the spiritual covering, Lord, bless those three ministers. There's many others we love, but there's only three that God assigned to us. And then my staff, God bless the Lord. Lord, Lord, bless them. And I'll name their names. Let them love each other. Let them love the congregation. Let them be efficient at their jobs. Praise God. There's a lot of other. I could have put 15 on here, but I think it would have made it overcomplicated and you wouldn't be able to flow. So I just picked the biggest eight that I want you to keep in your mouth all the time. Would you do that for me? This is our first Sunday of the year. We took time to make this for you. Please, if you go get it, it, it's high gloss, so it creases easily. So if you want to fold it, roll it like this, do that. There's elastic bands for your convenience. Whether you roll it or not, please don't do this. You get home, you throw it in the closet with your dirty shoes. And then, and then you find in September, you're clearing out for winter, 
and you find it in the back covered in salt. I don't want that. If you're going to do that, don't even take one. But if you're going to take it, put it up today. Somewhere where you can see it, not on the back of the outhouse door, which you never go to because you've got indoor plumbing now. Just somewhere where you can see it and then start to call with me. It will surely, it will surely come to pass. It will surely come to pass. That's the general. But on the 16th of January, I'm going to give you, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, I'm going to give you some specifics. And, and not just about what we're believing for, but also about the overseas work in the Philippines specifically. Because God's been talking to me about the Philippines. And he's been sharing with me some things that I think the congregation needs to know. Because it's going to be extremely exciting. What God is going to use our church to do there. And I've already seen some stuff in the spirit of what it's going to look like. Hallelujah. So the vision part one today, part two in a couple weeks. I love you all. I thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with my frogginess this morning. It's my wife's fault because she made me hoot and holler too much on, 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 on Friday night. Father, I bless this congregation. I thank you for every one of them. Lord, as you said to me in that word of prophecy, that Father, you're going to stir everyone to do what you want them to do. Not for me to dictate, not for there to be any pressure, but you will touch the hearts. Now, Lord, it's our job to purpose to obey you and to do it joyfully and to do it with joy and peace. And if we don't have the money, we ask you and you'll give us seed to sow. For this vision must come to pass. Lord, we're not just a local church. We are an international apostolic work. I know it looks kind of crazy to say that, Father, because for so many years we've just been a little local church. But Father, you are growing and expanding the vision, not because out of my mind, but because you breathed and authored this. You know, Father, I would have never volunteered for something like this. But Lord, you've asked, and I have heard the call, and I have, I have agreed. And I thank you as the people hear the call, and as they see this in front of their eyes every day at home, let them agree. We don't have to figure out how it's all going to happen. Let's just agree that it will come to pass. Lord, you need our cooperation, and you need our words, and you need our faith. And then as you lead us, we will serve in the capacity you tell. We will give in the capacity you tell. We will do different things in the capacities that you instruct. But what you're first looking for is just our faith and our words. So, Lord, let us all agree with what you're doing. We're not just a GTA church anymore. We are now in 22, branching past the boundaries of Canada. And we are going to other parts of Canada, and we are going to the world. And we are going to succeed because, Lord, you're with us. And as Taylor sang earlier, Father, we believe for it. We believe for it. Lord, we're, we're part of something bigger than ourselves. Well, Lord, I can't do this without the congregation, and they cannot do this without me. Lord, we need each other to fulfill the greatness of your plan. Lord, I thank you that their hearts have been opened today. I've sensed a very willing heart as I've been talking to them. I've sensed, I haven't felt pushback. I haven't felt anger. I haven't felt, sometimes, Lord, I can feel people that are not happy with what I'm saying. But both in the 9 and the 11, I felt a great sense of unity and a great sense of reception. So I thank you for that, Father. That thrills my heart. I thank you that we're all on one page. We're running with the vision together that those that read it may run with it. I've tried to make it plain, like Habakkuk 2.2 says. I've tried to make it simple and colorful and pleasing to the eye so that those that read it 
would run with it. Now, Lord, let us read it every day and call for it every day and run with it. In Jesus' precious name I pray and I thank you, Father. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.